AgBioScience is supported by Indiana Farm Bureau. This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome. Thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Fraser, CEO of Agronovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Attracting talent into the workforce has become one of the top challenges facing Americans, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce believes it's likely not to get easier. Over the past two decades, there has been a remarkable 117% increase, 117% increase in the number of workers over 65. It's projected that number of workers age 55 and older will grow three times faster than numbers of workers 25 to 54. It's a tough reality, and it's one that is fueling innovation, and it's one that one ag bioscience company is using to fuel a new approach to attract young talent. Here to share more is Premier Company's Chief Operating Officer, Ryan Priest. Ryan, man, it's good to see you. Welcome to Ag Bioscience. Mitch, thanks for having me. Certainly appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about our program. This is incredible. Competition for talent, fierce, fierce urban, fierce rural. Before we jump into how you and the team at Premier are tackling talent attraction, Oh, Ryan, we got to learn more about your journey from <laughs> Western Kentucky University to a couple stops along the journey to now COO of Premier. So grew up on a small farm in Bloomfield, Indiana. So journeyed my way to Western Kentucky University as the first person in my family to ever graduate from college. So that was a little uncharted territory. So started out uh, career laying block and brick and carrying hod for a masonry company through college and entered into the workforce full time into feed milling. Spent six years doing that and jumped out of ag completely for a year and a half and was a welder as a civil servant uh, working on an armored truck project uh, as trucks were going to the Middle East during that conflict through 2004-2005. And then was fortunate enough to be hired as a agronomy salesman, a cooperative in southwest Indiana, uh, White River Co-op. So I spent 11 years as a salesman at White River Co-op and uh, was fortunate enough to be selected by the board of directors as the next CEO in 2016. Fulfilled that duty for five years and uh, White River and Premier Companies entered into a merger and on September 1st, 2021, and they were generous enough to offer me the chief operating officer position. So here I am. It's a good story. I I love the welding journey along the way. It's always the thing that sticks in my mind. Now, the, the great news is, Ryan, you have a really unique perspective. You've had a couple decades now in the cooperative system. You've seen how it has evolved. Give us a sense. How has talent, how has access to talent changed over those 20 years? Well, it's funny you ask that because I had a boss one time. We needed some help. We needed to hire a couple people in our operations. And uh, I walked in. I said, look, we need to we need to probably post a job. And he made a comment and he showed me on his desk. And that was in the old days of the uh, the paper applications. And there was a stack of applications, probably three or four inches tall. And I said, well, half of those people don't know what we do. And he was like, we'll throw half of them out. We still have more people than we'll hire in the next five years, which was true at that point in time. And now uh, you can post jobs on every web on every website out there and not get an applicant. It's changing a little bit. It's getting better now. But yeah, for a while there, we, we couldn't get an applicant. And you're seeing that today. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the jobs that we have that can be filled by a wider group of people, we're having a little better success with those. But I mean, our industry, knowing to your audience and you as well, our industry doesn't offer the best hours at times and, and some technical knowledge that has to be there. And yeah, so we're having to work around that. We're having to develop jobs that appeal. 
Well, it's one that I'm just so incredibly impressed with what you and Premier have done because it's not just availability of talent, right? It's quality of talent. And you serve farmers hundreds of thousands of acres in here in Indiana, across the Midwest. But I think what folks don't know or maybe don't fully appreciate is that equipment that you're using to take care of those acres probably has more in common with an airplane than a pickup truck. I mean, the amount of technology, the precision, I think you shared early on, we don't need drivers, we need operators. We don't need operators, we need applicators. I mean, there's this evolution from unskilled to super skilled. Give us a sense for the complexity of these operations, these jobs that you're trying to fill. The operation piece of it, if if you can have a driver, and these machines in a sense, just drive themselves. I mean, you talk about the new equipment. I just crawled into one of our newest machines as it was delivered, and you're talking nearly three quarters of a million dollar piece of machinery. And I couldn't even get it to move if I had to, you know. So I don't understand necessarily the operation. So there's that functionality of it and just the operation of the vehicle. But there's also a sense of understanding what exactly you're doing. What is the perplexity of the things that you're doing? You're applying products that could potentially kill the livelihood of our customers, which is a problem. Or we certainly have a stewardship obligation to to make sure we apply correctly where we want it, how much we need, and at the appropriate timing. So it is a underappreciated level of knowledge that needs to be behind the wheel of one of those machines, much less talking about a machine that's a lane and a half wide on a lot of our roads, just a safety aspect uh, as well. So the cognizance and the ability and talent of the ones that we put behind the wheel can't be underappreciated. This complexity of talent has driven Ryan, the team at Premier, to completely transform how they think about talent. We'll explore what that is and how it's happening right after this quick 60-second break. Being your own boss is a different kind of job. You have to work harder, smarter, and you can't afford to let your health slow you down. That's why Indiana Farm Bureau is there with more affordable plans for members who need to stay on top of their health so they can stay on top of their business, whether it's a farm or any other kind of company, concern, or enterprise. To learn more about medical, dental, vision, and Medicare supplement insurance plans sponsored by Indiana Farm Bureau, visit infbhealthplans.com. Welcome back to Ag Bioscience. We're joined by Premier Company's Chief Operating Officer, Ryan Priest. Ryan, a lot of people have talked about this tough talent market. What I love about you, what I love about Premier is you said, listen, talk no more. We're going to go do something. You've worked with the state, Ivy Tech, and others to create this new path for talent into high-wage jobs while, let's be really clear, solving your challenge for labor. Give us a flyover. Tell us more about this program that you've pioneered. This started with a conversation that I had. We'd assisted Ivy Tech in um, in the purchase of a trailer to move a simulator, a simulator that mimics the operation of the application equipment that we utilize every day. And so that spurred a conversation between myself and Matt John at the Columbus uh, campus of Ivy Tech and just said, hey, what are you doing with the simulator? How can we better utilize it to put our people behind the seat to at least it's not real world training, but it is it, it gives you a sense because it's not like we have a huge pool of people that would come up ever operating one of these. If they do grow up operating one of these, they're likely still home on the farm. So this will be the first time in the seat for a lot of folks. And with that became the conversation of, well, and my son and I had a conversation. I asked him one time, I said, what do you think you want to do after school? He said, I'd like to be a, a lineman. And I said, well, why would you be a lineman? I don't care. I think it's great. It's sure. it's certainly an important job, but a career, but, but why that? And he said, well, you come out of school, 
They'll train you to do it. They don't necessarily anticipate you have any experience at all, but they'll train you to do it. Uh, they pay you while you're learning, and then you have a job when you're done. And I said, well, we can do that. And he said, we ought to tell somebody about it. <laughs> so that spurred the conversation with Ivy Tech. So ultimately, we had some parameters when we put this together that we wanted to make sure they could pass the applicators who are interested in going this route through the course of this learning opportunity. They could pass their core test, their 1A. These are required license for them to have to operate and apply restricted use pesticides for a company such as ourselves commercially over farmers' crops. So that was the idea because when we got them into those courses, we wanted them to be able to, to, to come out of it and say, yeah, we've taken those tests, we've learned it. That gives us a little more momentum when we bring them into the workforce. And ultimately, I said, you know, we're targeting folks who might not want to go to college, but let's make sure that all the courses that they take are transferable because they might get in there and decide, hey, this maybe this is a career I want. I want a degree in agronomy. I want a degree in, in some sort of ag business. So let's make sure they don't waste their time. So that's how we ultimately begin to build the curriculum. And once that was built, then the Department of Workforce Development and the Indiana Office of Work-Based Learning caught wind of it. And so we applied for the state earn and learn and received it, which now we have built a full-on program that is a 16-week course that folks can come in, sign up for eight weeks. They take two of the courses. The first uh, first eight weeks, they'll take a, a plant pest ID and control class, and they'll also take the simulator-based precision application operations. The second eight weeks, they will take a soil fertility class and then also a more in-depth course based around setting up their monitors, starting a job, ending a job, all of those things that make more sense when you see the inside of one of these machines, but all of that, how that's all recorded, how we record what we do for not only the state chemist, but for the farm, for regulatory purposes or whatever. So that's the way that the courses broke up in two eight-week cycles. But through the whole background of that, through the work-based learning, they hire on with us day one. And they end up with uh, 680 hours of on-the-job training through each of those eight weeks periods. So they come out of it with over 1,200 hours of work-based learning with us. Now, if they come out in good standing with passing their tests and their attendance has been good and they've, they've proven themselves as a good employee, I mean, they're guaranteed a position with us when they come out of it. And they're paid the entire time. So that's sort of what we put together, and we're thrilled with it for sure and, and hope to, uh, through platforms like this, get the word out because now we just got to let people know about it. If you look back before this, I mean, I think you, you and I talked earlier – or three or four licenses, and this, these aren't simple licenses to get. So, how did people navigate this before this work-based learning program? What they do? Well, you hark it back to the good old days, like what I went into the system, and they would hand you a tattered book that had been beaten up behind the seat of a pickup forever, and said, "Here, study this," and then go to H and R Block and take this test on a computer. And if you were fortunate enough, they might have time to send you to a day course at Purdue or maybe a more local course to try to study this and, and pass the test. But ultimately, you can just take the test one time a day and you failed it till you passed it. And that was about as serious as we took it, because if you had someone who didn't understand, I mean, everybody was always busy. We didn't have trainers. So uh, this has just been a good opportunity to get and some people just aren't good at taking tests. Well, if ultimately, that's what you have to do to pass this. You better help somebody foster that that learning environment to get there. And these are good paying jobs. I mean, I, I don't want to lose sight of this. This is an 18 or a 16 week project or program that you talked about. What's the earning potential for a young man or young woman going through this? 
Oh, with the uh, overtime and stuff, we start out at $17 an hour through the program, through the work-based learning piece. And then it just transitions from there on through. But I mean, 60, 60 plus thousand dollars a year to come into us. And then that just, that's just going to go on. And we are looking, we, I like the word career better than job. And I go back to my welding days as I always use this analogy, but if you pull into a Mexican restaurant in your hometown on Friday nights, you'll know every welder and every lineman in the parking lot because they are proud of what they do. There's a sticker in the back window that says line life, or there's a hard hat, or there's a welder in the back of that truck. And they're proud of that. That's a career. And there's an exclusivity to what they do because they're certified in what they do and there's not everybody can do what they do. And that was sort of the the impetus to what put this together was, I bet there's less applicators in the country than there are either one of those other careers. And I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm proud of the time I spent welding. But this was a good opportunity for us to add that exclusivity to this job and hopefully build a group of people who say, yeah, that's what I do and not everybody can do it. And I sprayed that field or I helped that farmer succeed. And and ultimately, agriculture benefits completely because with the regulatory piece and with us making up such a small percentage of the population, we have to do it right because we don't have very many people tell our story. And this is a way to do it. That's so right. I want to go back to this idea. When you had this idea, you started to go through this and walk us through this. I mean, cooperatives by definition are a cooperative group of farmers, right? (laughs) That's where we get the name from it. Coming together to solve problems, whether it's application, whether it's fuel, whether it's agronomy, that's the heart of the co-op. Walk us through when you walk in and you go, okay, guys, you're walking to a board meeting. You're like, okay, I got, I have this idea. We have problems. We know that we don't have enough people. So what do you think about a training program? I mean, what was the reaction from the board? And were they like, Ryan, this is spot on or Ryan, what are you thinking? No, I think uh, they were all supportive of it. They could give a spot on because if there's a group of people in the world who likes grabbing hold of an issue and fixing it, it's farmers. And you can sell that idea and say, look, we can sit around with our hands crossed and say, we're not getting any good applicants for these, or we're not getting any applicants or, at all, or people aren't coming in and staying because the job is uh, overwhelming to them when they come in. A group of farmers is the best place. I mean, that's the best breeding ground for an idea like this to say, well, we would fix this problem if we were doing it. So it was a good sell to a, to a group of farmers. And as a cooperative, we're made up by a board of directors of, uh, of our farming members. And They've all been very supportive. Uh, our CEO, Harold Cooper, as well, has been very supportive of this idea. And we're at our first, we're at our first eight weeks right now. So it's, it's limited to how many are in it, but uh, we're hoping the word gets out and, and more. It's we're so pretty happy about well, it. I mean, uh, to get a bunch of people together, say, look, there's a problem. And to your point, we can either be upset about the problem or we can try to solve the problem. And you've chosen solve. How can folks learn more about this? I, I have to imagine there are people listening right now that are either, you know, getting ready to, park somewhere, whatever, and they need to take notes. Where can they find it online? How can they learn more about it? How can they get involved? So right now it is exclusive to Premier with the seal or uh, state earn and learn that we have. So they can contact us at marketing at premierag.com. That's our website. They can also find out uh, the information on the Indiana Work-Based Learning, Indiana Office Work-Based Learning website. And then contact currently, it's just at the Ivy Tech campus in Columbus as well. But if there are other even businesses, I would even talk about other businesses Good. who are interested in and in say, how do we partake? How do we do this? I know Ivy Tech, these are not specialty courses that we developed exclusive for this program. These are things that they're teaching already through their ag division. So 
if you're a business and you're interested in doing this, I would reach out to Ivy Tech and say, what's your limiting factor for making this at a campus in Tippecanoe County or Knox County or wherever there's another, you know, Dubois County, wherever, and contact them and be willing to help out. Because I'm guessing if they're short a simulator, there's ways to get that done. And it's exclusive to us today, but this is a, an industry that needs help bringing in people. So I would encourage other businesses, contact Ivy Tech and say, how can we help you get this in another campus or two? I love it. He's Ryan Priest, COO of Premier Companies. Ryan, love the work you're doing. Always good to spend time with you. Thanks for joining us. Mitch, thank you. And thank you for joining us today. You can get the latest ag bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovusindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovus team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovus Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Mitch Frazier, produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez, photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovusindiana.com.